we're going to go to, you'll never guess, we've been here the last three weeks, but we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is our last part of this little series we're doing um, on this verse. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's just pray together one more time. Jesus. Hallelujah, God. I thank you for what you're doing this morning, God, for what you're doing in this service, the way your presence just stepped in, God, the way you're ministering. I pray in your name, Jesus, you would continue to do that the rest of the service, God. I pray that you anoint our ears to hear what you want us to hear, God. Anoint out my mouth to say what you want me to say. I pray, God, don't let me get in the way of what you want to do. In Jesus' name, God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You remain seated. This is part four, just a little recap of the last few weeks. Um, this verse is a prophecy about Jesus, obviously, about his birth. Um, in the Bible days, having a son was a big deal. Your whole future depended on having a son. Um, it's a good job we don't live in the Bible days anymore, because I would not have a very bright future. But... Your whole future depended on having a son. The son would take over the family business or he would take over the family name and everything would be passed down to him. And that's how everything, your whole future depended on having a son. He would provide for the rest of the family, the mother, the sisters, everybody, you know, when the father um, was gone or passed on from the scene. And so this verse says, this is a prophecy about Jesus and it says a son's been given, a son has been given to Israel, to us. To, um, so here's a future, a promise of provision, someone that's going to take care of us and provide for us and protect us like a son would do. Um, give us strength and security for the, the future. And this prophecy is about someone who was coming, who was going to do all these things and be all these things. And Israel, if you read through the Old Testament, through their history, they, they were God's people, but they failed a lot and they were held captive a lot by other nations. They were under a lot of pressure. They had fallen a lot. They had failed. But this verse was giving them hope that there was somebody coming that was going to lift them out of this. It was going to deliver them from this, give them security. And the same thing applies to us today. There's a son, a God who became man, Jesus, who was born to, to be this for us, to be this, um, to lift us out of what the mess that we find ourselves in to deliver us to be security and a future for us and that's what that's what christmas is about right you know he came as a baby god made into a man and he came to deliver to redeem restore and lift us out of the pit that we are in luke chapter 4 verse 17 says and there was delivered unto him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And this is when Jesus basically steps up and says, this is about me. This verse, this is what I'm here to do. This is who I am. 
And he said, I came to do all these things. I came to preach the gospel to the poor, the people that generally were um, rejected by society, people that were generally didn't have a chance. He came to bring the gospel to them too. Good news to people that wouldn't have it otherwise. He came to heal broken hearts. He came to give freedom to people that were captive. He came to give freedom to the people that were hurt and bruised, sight to the blind. He came to bring healing. Right? We know this. We've gone over it for three weeks. But that's what Jesus came to do. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. First week we talked about how he was a wonderful counselor. And if we want him to be our counselor, we have to take his counsel. Right? We have to take his advice. Or else he's not our counselor. If you have a counselor and they give you advice and you don't do it, you're just nothing. Nothing's happening. Right, so we need to take his advice, we need to follow his word, pray and follow his word. Second week, we learned that he was a mighty God and he cares about us personally. And we, in order for us to have that relationship with him, we have to allow him to be our God. We have to submit to him, we have to worship him, we have to make him our God. And last week, we talked about how he was the everlasting father and he will never leave us, he will never abandon us. But we need to have that relationship with him and allow him to be our father. And this week... The last week, the Prince of Peace. Now we're ready to start. <laughs> the Prince of Peace. In the ancient world, there were a lot of wars. There were, um, the government was pretty corrupt. Uh, there was slavery happening. Um, people would just go in and wipe out a whole town, set them on fire, take them over, whatever. Israel... Israel was conquered a lot of times. They were taken captive. Um, but in, nowadays, not much seems to have changed. Today, we still got wars going on. We still have terror, terrorists. We have you know, bombs going off in shopping malls and airports and um, shootings happening in schools and markets and wherever. Like All these things are happening. Cars driving into people. Um, people are scared to go in public sometimes. Seems like kind of the same sort of thing, just different methods, I guess. And the Jews and the disciples, they expected this Messiah to come. They knew that this, this Messiah was coming and he was going to overthrow the government is what they thought. He was going to set everything straight. He was going to you know, set up a kingdom for himself and he was going to be this king like David like they had before. He was going to overthrow the Romans and he was going to reign. But Jesus didn't come to do that. I know it's hard to believe, but that's not what he came to do. He said, he said, I came to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. Came to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That doesn't sound like somebody that came to overthrow the government. That doesn't sound like somebody that came to raise up an army or a militia to, you know, right. hide in the bushes and ambush people when they come by and take stuff. That doesn't seem like the sort of thing, a rebellion mm -hmm. to rise up against the Romans. That doesn't seem like it. And there's, if you look in the world, there's not many people that don't want peace. Right. Very few people. You know, some people make money off war. I mean, it's People making tanks and stuff, I'm sure they're fine with it. And, and guns and all that, you know. But 
there's not many people that don't want peace. Um, in Bible school, we would do this thing once a year. We would um, call it a youth or youth corps, I guess. We would go to a, a different town or a city, and we would just basically just blitz the area, knock on doors, ask people that had any prayer requests, that you know, invite them to church. We had special services, that sort of thing. We do it once a year, and. Everywhere we went in the three years I was there, you would knock on doors, you would ask, is there anything you want to pray for? And they'd be like, you know what, I'm fine, but if you could just pray for peace Amen. on earth. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't believe in God, a lot of people didn't really go to church or anything, but that was the number one prayer request, which was strange. It wasn't like, you know, pray for me, I need healing. It was always, you know, pray for peace. A lot of people, wherever you go, people want peace. A lot of people said pray for peace, and they weren't, they weren't Christian people, they were just, you know, people notice what was going on in the world, just average, you know, people. People want peace. People dream of a time and a day where there's no war, there's no hate, there's no discrimination. But the thing is, when you think of that, when we think of that, or other people think of that, in our head, we dream of it, and it involves everyone thinking and acting the way that we do. Right? If everyone would just act like me, there would be peace. If everyone would just be like me and think like me, if everyone would just think this way, the way that I know it is, we would have peace. That's usually how it is in our head, if you think about it. And that's the problem. This is not everybody, that's not going to happen. Not everybody's going to think the way you think. Not everyone's going to think the way I think, which is it's a good thing. Um... Because when I imagine a world of peace, I like, you know, live in the country somewhere, neighbors nowhere near, miles away maybe, peace and quiet, nobody knocking on my door, bugging me, nobody, you know, that's what I imagine peace. Some of you might imagine the same. And some of you, when you imagine peace, you imagine you know, living in a big building with all these other people, hanging out and talking. And, right? Is anybody like that? Does anybody like to hang out with people and talk to people all the time? Anyone at all? You guys are all quiet and awkward today. <laughs> Peaceful. But me, me, I just sometimes I just want to be alone. That's my nature. And other people, they want to be with people, and they want to know what's going on in their neighbor's house. They want to. They're looking out the window and seeing what's going on, and I'm like, close the blinds. You know, it's different. We're all different, and our 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 idea of peace. And just that simple sense is different. Like, for me, I would, you know, I would, nobody, nobody bugging me. That would be nice. It would be wonderful. And other people, they want people bugging them. They like that. Not bugging them, but they, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So if, that, if we're going to do peace that way, it's not going to work. Even on the simplest neighborly terms, it's not going to work. Because I, you want to come talk to me, I'm going to leave me alone. This isn't peaceful. And then you're like, well, nobody's coming to talk to me. You know? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Our idea of peace is different. And so that's not what Jesus, Jesus didn't come to bring that sort of peace that we're, we, we want in the world. Um, we can't even all agree on the same restaurant to eat at, even in my family. We can't agree on supper sometimes. I don't like that. I don't want that. There's, that's not... <laughs> People are people, and every, everyone's different, and we're, people are sinners. 
And we're going to fight with each other. That's what's going to happen because of the way our nature is and our personalities are. And it, <laughs> we're flawed, basically. We're not all the same. We're all different. We all have flaws. So we're never going to have that kind of utopia world where it's all waterfalls and everybody's just, nobody argues with anybody, nobody's feelings get hurt. That sort of thing's not going to happen. But Jesus said he was the Prince of Peace. So what does this mean? How is he the Prince of Peace? He didn't come to overthrow the government. He came to overthrow sin. He came to overthrow the effects of sin and bring peace into our hearts. That's how he was going to bring peace into the world, through our hearts. Um, Colossians 3 and 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. He came to bring peace into our hearts. He came to overthrow sin. 1 John 3 and 8 says, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For the purpose, this purpose of the Son of God is, was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The New Living says that when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning, but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy sin. Sin is the works of the devil, right? The wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He didn't come to overthrow the government. He didn't come to overthrow the Romans and set up a kingdom and, you know, his son and their son, you know, just be a king forever. You know, that's not what he came to do. He didn't come to make everybody think the same. He didn't come to make us all the same person. Thank God. <clears throat> I mean, you could, you could literally go out today and stop every war in the world. Just so make everybody sign peace treaties, stop all the wars. And then a few days or so, they'd be back at it again, Right? Why? Because of sin. They're going to be right back at it again. They're going to be right back fighting again because of sin. Sin kills. Sin destroys. Sin wrecks families. Sin wrecks lives. It wrecks futures. And it ultimately ends in death. It ultimately ends in hell. And Jesus came to stop that. John 10 and 10 says, A thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. That's the enemy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he says, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus came for, to give life and life more abundantly. The way that we, are, we were living ends bad. The way you're living before you come to Jesus, it ends in a bad way. It ends in a mess. If we're left on our own, we will fail every time because of sin. We'll just get worse and worse and worse. You look at the world, they're trying to take God out of everything. Yeah. And what's happening? It's getting worse and worse, and it's getting more twisted and more crazy. And I just saw this morning one of the news channels in the States was promoting this 11 year old drag queen. I was like, how is this even a thing? And he's like dancing for grown men. Like, how is this acceptable? And they're promoting it. And it was like, this is yeah. like, it's just going crazy. When you try to take God out of these things, it just goes further and further and further and further. In high school, um, we read a book called Lord of the Flies. You guys read it? Terrible, terrible book. <laughs> but the whole point of the book, the guy was exploring what would happen 
if, as a society, we took rules out of it and we just let people do what they want. And basically, the kids just start killing each other at the end. There's all these boys, they get abandoned on this island, the plane crashes or whatever, and they all just start fighting and wrecking each other because there's no rules. And when we don't have rules, that's what happens. When, when sin is allowed to do what it, it wants, it just gets worse until finally everything just ends. <laughs> it's human nature. When we do what we want, chaos happens. It's the opposite of peace. Jesus came to bring peace, and we need Jesus to have peace. He came to bring peace. He came to bring victory over sin, victory over death, victory over hell. He came to bring life, a better life, life more abundant. He came to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, and set a liberty to them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and to speak peace into lives. And all of these things come through his peace. All these things come through Jesus. Through the life lived with him, through salvation, through his blood, through his name. We sang about his name all morning. All this stuff comes through the name of Jesus. You want healing, you want peace, you want deliverance, you want your broken heart to be um, put back together, healed. It comes through his name. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is the everlasting Father, and He is the Prince of Peace. You can't have any of these things unless you come through Him, and that's what Christmas was about. Jesus came as a baby to provide a way, to make a way for us to come to Him. He came to give His life as a sacrifice. He came to give His love. He came to shed His blood so we can have his name. And he will be a counselor. He will be a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace if you let him, if you allow him, if you become saved, if you take on his name in baptism, if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, if you repent and turn from your life of sin, you can have all of that. If you turn to him, you can have all of these things. It's the only way. He is the way. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 it says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. When he had sent away the multitude, he took even, he took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat on the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awaked him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. This is a literal storm. I know a lot of times we preach, you know, you can calm the storm in your life, you know, the things are going on. But this was a literal storm. We've had, I don't know, since we moved here, I don't know if it's always been like this, but it's windy here. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm afraid the windows are going to break, and we're not going to have a roof in the morning, and I don't know how to shingle a roof. And I worry about these things sometimes. But that's, how, that's what the wind was like. The disciples, they were terrified. And Jesus literally said, peace be still. And the wind stopped. Like, that's crazy. Not crazy, but it's amazing. It's amazing. And he stands up and he says, peace be still. Like it was nothing. He's just like, oh, why are you bugging me? Peace be still. Stop. I can't even do that with my kids. 
<laughs> Peace be still. <laughs> Imagine. That'd be amazing. People are fighting peace. Be still. And then they stop. But Jesus spoke it and it happened. He's the prince of peace. He speaks it and it happens. He says, peace be still. And it happens. He says, peace be still. And it's quiet. And he can calm, he can calm the storm in your life too. Right? You know this. He can calm the storm in your, your family. He can calm a literal storm and he can calm a spiritual and emotional storm too. When they land on the shore after he goes through the storm, there's a man there. The Gadarenes is where they are. And he's possessed of some devils. He's oppressed. And he's out of his mind. Literally. It says he's out of his mind. And the next story in this, you know, he calms the storm says, peace be still. And the next story is, he meets this guy and he speaks peace into his life. He's showing his disciples that he can speak peace into the atmosphere and he can speak peace into lives. Mark chapter 5, verse 8. says, for he said unto him, come out of this man, though unclean spirit. And verse 15 says, and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. And had a legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told him how it befell to him that was possessed of the devil, and also concerning the swine. Kind of skip through some of that story. But he showed up, and this guy was possessed of the, some devils. The Bible said he had legions of devils in him. He had eight armies, thousands of these devils in this man, this one guy. And Jesus spoke, and the man was delivered. From legions of devils, armies of devils, hordes of them. And I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're attacked with or what you are going through. No matter how many devils or how many enemies are attacking you, one word from Jesus and you can be free. One word from Jesus and you can have peace no matter what you're up against. This guy had thousands of devils. I don't think there's anybody here that has thousands of devils attacking you. And all it took was one sentence from Jesus. And he was set free. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're struggling with, one word from Jesus can bring peace to your life. He is a prince of peace. He controls peace. Peace has to come through him. It says that this man was in his right mind. For the first time in a long time, he was in his right mind. We have a lot of people in their wrong minds today. Mental illness is real. There's a lot of people that are battling things. A lot of people are battling through hurts. A lot of people have been abused. A lot of people struggle with anxiety and depression. They hear voices telling them to do things. They struggle with this stuff. There's confusion. They feel like they're not good enough. They feel like they're inadequate. They're a failure. They never measure up to whatever their expectations are. We have people that aren't in the right mind. They have emotional baggage. They've gone through failed marriages and relationships. About 20% of teenagers in Canada have had some sort of depressive episode, they say. It's higher in, in girls than guys. A lot of it comes to do comes from social media and Instagram and Facebook and you know you post something and you don't get the likes. I had one girl I worked with and she was like, "Why didn't you like my picture on Instagram?" And I'm like, "Because you're 17." 
I don't want to get arrested. But she was upset that I didn't like her selfie. That this, she had like 300 other people do it. And I'm like, why is this one bothering you? But there's, it's this comes from all this stuff. They feel like we're not good enough. That people don't like us. We struggle with this. It's a real thing that people struggle with. 63% of millennials in Canada, so people born from 1981 to 1995, are at a high risk of mental health issues. 62% of youth in Ontario struggle or worry about anxiety. I worked with a lot of teenagers. Probably half of them were on some sort of medication for anxiety, which is just, it's hard to work with. But it's all this, people are struggling with things and there's going through battles that you can't see. And they're struggling with stuff and they need peace. And Jesus came to speak peace into your life. He came to calm the storm in our lives. The battle going on in our minds, the battle that you're facing, the battle you're struggling with that nobody else knows about. He's, he came to speak peace to chase away the spirits, to quiet the voices. And we need his peace now more than we ever have before. Amen. All it takes is one word from Jesus and we can have peace. We can stop fighting and stop struggling. If we just stop fighting and stop struggling with him and allow him to speak peace into our lives. <coughs> he is the prince of peace. He's in a place of power over with peace. He has control over peace. When Donald Trump was elected, a lot of people were saying, he's not my president. I didn't vote for him. He's not my president. And they weren't giving him the authority or the power that came with his position. But we need to allow Jesus to be the prince of peace in our life. We need to allow him to have that authority in our lives. Does that make sense? You can say, he's not my prince, he's not my God, he's not my savior. But when we allow him, that's when he can touch, and that's when he can change, and that's when he can speak peace. If we want peace through Jesus, so we need to relinquish control. We need to let him reign. We need to let him take over, and we need to let him speak his peace. The disciples called on him. He was sleeping when the storm happened. The disciples called on him, and they let him move, and they let him work and they let him speak and what happened the storm stopped Amen. the guy that was possessed of the devils and the gadarenes he came to jesus and he let jesus speak and he was delivered a lot of times we try to do all the talking a lot of times we try to control god and what we think he should do That's right. psalm 46 and 10 says be still and know that I am God. Amen. Be still. Stop. Stop fighting. Breathe. Amen. Be still. Be quiet. He is God. Amen. Let him show it. Let him prove it. Let him speak. Let him step in. Let him move. Let him deliver. Let him heal. Let him bind the broken heart, let him deliver some, the captive. Yes. Yes. 
In the Bible, there are two words that they use for peace. In the Old Testament, it's shalom, which you probably know. And that just means tranquility. Just, you know, you think peaceful countryside. Maybe a little breeze, some sunshine, and tranquil. The New Testament, it's Irene. Not the name, but it's a Greek word. It means unity or in one accord. If you want peace, if you want tranquility in your life, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, we need to be unified and in one accord with Jesus. We need to align ourselves with him and align ourselves with his word and follow him and let him be our shepherd. Let him be our prince. Let him be our father and our mighty God and our wonderful counselor. If you want peace, you're going to have to follow him. The peacemaker, the peace speaker. If you want peace, you need to follow him. Let him lead. Be unified with him. Submit to him. That's how you get unified with him. Follow him. Jesus is saying one thing, and you do another thing, and then wonder why you don't have peace. It's not going to work. You have to do what he says. You have to submit and follow him. He is the way. He is the truth. Truth. He is the life. He's the truth and the life. You have to come through him. We have the music, please. Psalm 23 and 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We've gone through this a few times now. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Still waters are peaceful. Still waters are still. Amen. And calm. Mine. Everybody, wow. Still waters are, are calm and peaceful. When Jesus spoke peace to the disciples in the storm, the waters became calm. It's serene. If you want calm waters, if you want peace, what's the verse, first verse say? The Lord is my shepherd. We need to allow him to lead us. We need to allow him to be our shepherd. And stop trying to tell him what to do. Stop trying to do it on our own. Stop trying to be the man or the woman or whatever. Stop. Just let him lead us. Let him be God. Let him be our shepherd. Let him be our father. Let him be our God. Let him be our counselor. Let him be our prince of peace. Let him do it. Stop trying to do it. We can't do it. We've been trying our whole lives and we're not doing it right. We need him. We need Jesus. We can't do it on our own. We just mess everything up. That's how we are. People have been trying to have peace for thousands of years and there's still wars going on. So we're not doing it right. We've never done it right. We need Jesus. <laughs> if you want calm waters, you need to let him be your shepherd. We need to follow him and let him lead us. Obey him. The sheep obey. The sheep follow the shepherd's voice. The sheep do what the shepherd says. We need to trust him. Let him speak. Let him be God. And that's how we get peace. I know it's revolutionary just let him be God and he will <sighs> that's how you get somebody that's smiling and there's chaos all around them you know when you met a Christian like that everything's falling apart the family's a mess and they're just like yeah God's good all the time that's how you get that you get that peace by trusting him. 
It might look like a mess right now. It might look like a storm right now, but I know the Prince of Peace. I may be battling something in my head right now, but I know that he is the Prince of Peace, and I know he's going to come through, and I know he's going to take care of me, and I know he's going to deliver, and I know he's going to move, because I'm trusting him, and I'm walking with him, and he's my God. You know it's going to work out. Romans 8, 28, we know this verse. It says, we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He's working for us. He's giving peace when we trust him, when we follow him, when we call on his name, we repent and we're baptized, we take his name on in our lives, our sins washed away, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost. He's working on us. He's giving us peace. A king, you can become a king without ever being a prince. Saul became king, he was never a prince. David wasn't a prince. You just take over a kingdom, make yourself king, you can do that. But you can't be a prince unless you're born into it. I mean, nowadays we're like, oh, you marry a princess, you're a prince. But traditionally, you can't be a prince unless you're born a prince. And Jesus was literally born to bring peace into our lives. He was literally born 2000. 18 years ago, not really because the timeline's a little off, but he was literally born for this, to bring peace into our lives, to bring salvation into our lives, to bring freedom from sin, freedom from hell, freedom from death, to, to be the way, to be the truth, and be the light in our lives. Let's all stand, please. We need to let him God. We need to let him speak peace. Stop trying to do it ourselves. The disciples tried on that boat. They tried. They did everything they knew how to do. A lot of them were fishermen. A lot of them had been through storms before. And they did what they could do. But nothing worked until they let Jesus speak. Maybe you're struggling with stuff and you're trying to keep it all together you're trying to hold everything together i know it's christmas and it's stressful and there's pressure from families and there's pressure from society and you feel like you got to do all these things and be 700 places at once but if we just step back and let him speak he can bring peace he wants to bring peace amen i'm done